everybody, Pastor Gary here. I am super excited to have you join us online here at Living Way Church. Today, we are continuing in our series on the book of Ephesians. Now, we live in a society that is marked by depravity. The unfortunate part is that America fails, if not refuses, to see it as such. This week, for instance, I learned of a new song slash music video that has become quite popular among the youth of our country and in fact our world. The video was released six weeks ago and has now garnered over 70 million views on YouTube alone. I did attempt to watch the video, but I didn't get very far. I simply couldn't watch it. It was truly troubling in so many ways. The video is a sad depiction of where our society now finds itself. American society wouldn't put it this way, but young women in America are sold a bill of goods that says that if you become an object of sexual desire, you will be popular. I know our culture would tell me that Cardi B is only expressing her own sexuality and that we should celebrate that. That is a lie that our culture is selling and we shouldn't buy it. We want to get so upset and worked up about the movie Cuties and the sexualization of young girls, but then our culture turns around and sells it WAP by Cardi B. This shows a complete disconnect in the thinking that is occurring in the American mind. We as a society rail against the sexual exploitation of women, but then turn around and celebrate it in the very next breath. Our society should weep at the fact that Cardi B is being used and abused by the American music industry and American consumers. And the worst part is, she doesn't even realize how she is being used. Because when she's 40 and not 27 anymore, America will have moved on to the next mid-20-something that is willing to sell their soul for what they perceive as popularity and influence, neither of which are real. They are simply an illusion created by YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and whatever comes next. It shows the depths of the futility of the American mind. Guess what? That is exactly what Paul is going to address in today's passage. Today's passage is perhaps one of the best in all of the scriptures in its contrast of sinful humanity and that of a converted Christian. It is a message we need to hear because we as Christians need to learn to navigate the deceptions that this world and our society are trying to sell us every day. We as Christians need to see those things that we need to put off and turn from and that which we need to turn to in Christ Jesus. So let's read through first today's passage and then we can dig in and begin to see how today's passage is simply a reflection on American society and our lives as Christians within that society. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in him, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life 
and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Paul starts this next section in verse 17, and he writes, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. Paul begins this phrase, I say and testify in the Lord. Look, as we progress through the letter, Paul's appeal to us to walk worthy will only continue to grow stronger. Now we see Paul not only urging us to walk worthy, but urging us in the Lord. Paul is compounding the urgency of his message now by the addition of this phrase. He is adding the authority of the Lord to his message by asserting that it is the source. The source of his message is God. This is the very climax of the Ephesian letter. Paul is now going to make his greatest appeal to us. This is the point that we have reached and from which there is no going back. And so Paul declares, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. We could easily replace the word Gentiles with Americans. In fact, in order to better apply this passage to our lives, we probably should. So we should read this as Paul saying that we should no longer walk as the Americans do. In the futility of their minds. Paul previously in verse 1 of chapter 4 told us to walk, to walk worthy of the calling to which we have been called. He then went on to describe what that walk would look like. Now he makes this shift and is basically saying, So if you are walking worthy of your calling, then you shouldn't be walking like the culture around you. You should look different than they do. You should not be doing the exact same things as this culture. You should not be approving of the things this world approves of. Walk differently. Paul's main concern in urging us is to no longer walk as we once did. If for us to turn from the futility of the sinful mind. Paul is not concerned here with specific sins, but rather with a distorted and disoriented mind. It is all about your mind. Paul is going to describe this as we go along in our passage by six different phrases. I want to point them out now so that when we see them, we can clearly see them as we continue through our passage. <clears throat> First, in verse 17, we read, In the futility of their thinking. Then in verse 18, In that the American mind is darkened in their understanding. Again in verse 18, The American ignorance that is in them. Again in verse 18, This is due to the hardening of their hearts. Then in verse 19, we'll read, In reference to their continual lust. And finally in verse 22, The Americans' deceitful desires. Paul oftentimes sees sin as a malfunction of the mind. For instance, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says that even though they knew God, they did not acknowledge Him. This refusal to know what they know is what we will read later as the hardness of their heart. This is a willful futility that leads to darkness and a distorted reasoning that ultimately leads to separation and broken relationships and primarily the relationship with God. In the end, they choose to chase after a futility of thinking. The word translated as futility here expresses meaninglessness, 
uselessness, worthlessness, or emptiness. With this one word, Paul describes humanity so clearly. Apart from God, humanity is aiming at a meanless goal for their lives. There is nothing. Perhaps this is why depression and anxiety run so deep within American culture. In verse 18, we begin to see how humanity has gone to the point that we now find ourselves in. We read, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. The the American way of life is meaningless because their understanding is darkened. They lack the light that is necessary to find guidance for their lives. It is as though they have become so drunk on wine, they have blacked out intellectually. The wine, however, is their own self-centered self-deceit. The average American mind is engulfed in darkness because they are separated from God, who is the very source of light. The difficult part of this is to see that the average American is separated from God because of deliberate ignorance, which now resides within the depth of their very souls. The average American is ignorant because they have chosen to harden their hearts against God and the miracles that he is and can, that he has and he continues to reveal all around them every day. To sum all of that up, the average American has chosen to harden their hearts against God and as a result they have set off a chain reaction that turned out the lights and has led to meaninglessness. The outcome of this chain reaction is seen in verse 19, where we read, They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. A callous approach to life is the result of a hardened heart. America has become callous and insensitive, and we know it. That's why so many companies offer sensitivity training classes, but a class will not cure the disease of sin. You see, humanity was created for worship. Worship will always occur. What humanity worships is what is in question. Sensuality is the new idol to which Americans have given themselves. Americans' loss of relationship with God has led to uncontrolled, outrageous, sinful behavior especially in regards to human sexuality. This is seen in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 through 32. Human sin is so self-centered that it is characterized as greediness that seeks to practice or do every kind of impurity imaginable. Now be very careful. I am not saying that sensuality and sex are sinful, but when they become the idol of our worship, greed will take them to places that are inappropriate and sinful. Paul now shifts gears in verse 20 and is going to bring about a contrast between the distorted American mind and truth, learning, and a renewal of the mind that occurs in Christ Jesus. If the problem is a futile, distorted disruption of the mind, then the only answer that we can seek is a renewal of the mind. Paul is going to use three different images now to show this contrast. First, he's going to speak of the instruction of the mind. Then, he's going to use the changing of clothes, per se, in relation to the mind. And finally, 
the new creation of the mind. We see this beginning in verse 20, where Paul writes, But that is not the way you learn Christ. This is a strange phrase in Greek and speaks about more than just simply knowing facts about Jesus. Paul is saying that we have been schooled in Jesus. We know him. We have firsthand knowledge of him. And we know how radically different his life is from that of the Americans. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says that we now have the mind of Christ. And this is what Paul is getting at. We know Jesus so well that his mind has, in essence, become our mind. We have become one with Christ. Our life is now lived within him. Paul continues in verse 21 and writes, Assuming that you have heard about this and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. This phrase might sound odd at first, almost out of place, but Paul is being a bit in your face right now. Paul is essentially saying, I assume you have heard all of this already, and you were already taught all of this, because this truth is in Jesus, and you have been taught about Jesus, and you know Jesus, and yet here I am teaching you this and helping you, yet again, to know Jesus. Jesus embodies and encompasses the truth. Therefore, if you find Jesus, guess what else you find? You find the truth. So if you find truth, you should also find Jesus. Jesus does not exist apart from the truth from Jesus. As such, none of this should come as a surprise because deep within you, Jesus has already taught you all of this. The Holy Spirit who fills us guides us now to all truth. Now we get to the second contrast Paul makes between the American mind and the Christian mind. This is the taking off and putting on of clothes concept that I talked about earlier, except he's not going to use clothes specifically. In verse 22 through the first part of 24, Paul writes, To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. So Paul is telling us to take off our old self and to put on the new self and that this process results in a renewal in the spirit of our minds. When we first hear this, we step back and we ask the very scholarly question, what in the world is Paul talking about? Paul's focus here is about transformation. We need to see that the old self fit the former way of life and its continual corruption was fueled by deceitful desires, and that now we are to put on our new self through the continual renewal of our minds by the truth which is found in Christ Jesus. Our old self is the American mind without God, deluded and deceived into a downward spiral of fleshly desires. The solution requires an ongoing, continual transformation that occurs whenever we come in contact with the grace of God as revealed through the truth in Jesus. The final contrast is found in the remainder of verse 24, speaking of the new self. And it says, which was created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This language is clearly alluding to the creation account in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. The image that we bear, the image of God in us, is marred in Eden by the fall. But now it is being recreated in Christ Jesus. We see this contrast of the old self, which was corrupted through deceitful desires, 
with a new being found in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. All three of these contrasts speak of what is called sanctification. Sanctification is just a theological term that speaks of the process by which a believer in Jesus is transformed by the grace of God and made more and more righteous. You are made to reflect more and more clearly the beautiful, amazing image of Jesus. It's almost scary how much verses 17 through 19 form this perfect mirror of American culture. As such, how should we apply this passage to our lives? First, and most importantly, we should not live our lives like the Americans do with their futile thinking. In order to be able to do this, we need to completely reorder the way our minds think. We must learn to think for ourselves along Christian lines. In America, those who teach ethics and morals tend to be popular singers, actors, and sports figures. Look around, America. They have led us to ruin. I would hope that Christians have something better to say. But only if we can learn to think about significant cultural topics through the lens of the gospel will our words be heard and make a difference. We must first learn to order our lives according to the gospel and not societal norms. Our hearts must be continually made conscious of God and not focused upon ourselves. We need to take time to think through things in connection with God, to reflect and to meditate. If we do not allow God through the scriptures to affect our interior lives, our very souls, no restructuring will occur. If we are to not walk as the Gentiles do or as the Americans do, then we must continually make honest assessments of the culture around us. We must constantly be asking ourselves, what evidence do I see of the futility of the mind, of the hardening of the heart, and of sensuality and corrupting desires all around me? What around us is actually neutral? And finally, what fits positively with God's purpose for humanity? We need to realize that we live in a society that is out of control and sets its own agenda, the self-interests of pleasure, recognition, and possessions as the ultimate goals of life. Any concern for Jesus does not fit in with that system. The problem is that life is not about self-satisfaction. It is about relationships, relationships with both God and with others. Perhaps the most obvious evidence of the futility of the mind is found in the entertainment industry. We assume that the media industries exist only to entertain us. That is where many Christians are truly fooled. Satan is using all of the, me of the media to shape us into his image rather than the image of Jesus. Satan's ultimate goal is to mar the image of God in humanity, and he accomplishes this through the futility of the mind. If we look at the recent movie Cuties, for instance, the, directed, the director stated that her intended goal was to shed light on the effects of media on the sexualization of young girls. However, in the process of attempting to do this, she actually sexualized these 11-year-old girls that played the lead roles in the movie. This was a complete ignorant attempt to accomplish what appeared to be good and healthy goals. And the director still appears to be completely blind to that reality, as does Netflix 
and many within the mainstream media. This shows the futility of the mind apart from God. You don't sexualize preteens in order to show that you shouldn't do that. That is completely illogical. The ultimate sign of the futility of mind and the ignorance of society is its failure to consider the question of God and his claim upon our lives. There is nothing within our society that is considered taboo any longer, except for one, God. It used to be said that you don't discuss sex, money, politics, or religion. Now religion stands alone. America has actively removed God from the public eye through the guise of separation of church and state. In the process of removing God from being discussed anywhere, we have raised a nation of moral morons. Sorry, I'm probably not allowed to say that in today's society, am I? But how do we bring about change? Any societal change must first begin with the individual. We as Christians must first look within ourselves. We must be ruthlessly honest about our own sin. We can no longer hide from it. Pride and pleasure seek to dominate our very lives. Pride and pleasure will blind us so that we never see the truth. We all need to endure the pain of close self-evaluation and tell the truth to God and ourselves about our pride and our self-interest. This is called confession. We need to learn that it is horrible to sin, but wonderful to be forgiven. It is only when we name and confess our self-centeredness and own it that we can put it off. <clears throat> Otherwise, it will own us. We need to go to school. And I don't mean that what we typically think of when I say that. There has been such a focus on thinking so far in the book of Ephesians that we need to see that we must be making an investment in our own learning. Being a disciple means becoming a learner. We need to see ourselves as students of the school of Jesus. We need to learn from him, about him, and being made like him. Our learning must be intentional. And... We need teachers who create within their students a hunger for the knowledge of Christ Jesus that is ever-present and ever-renewing. The problem is that we have not been engaging enough, substitute of enough, nor honest enough to keep people learning. We have gone an inch deep and a mile wide in our teaching. The depth of learning that needs to take place will come at a cost, a cost we must be willing to pay. If you choose to attend, the school of Jesus, it will not only cost you your time and energy, but it will also cost you your very life. You will be required to change. We will need to be willing to give up who we are as Americans in order to become what God intends of each of us as citizens of heaven. When we go to the school of Jesus, we will need to continually put off the old self in order to put on the new self. This motif that Paul speaks about draws upon our own baptism. This is seen in Romans chapter 6. Unfortunately for most Christians, baptism is seen only as a rite of entrance into the club. Martin Luther, however, urged that we should return daily to our own baptism. We put off the old self by continually dying to self. We do this by putting ourselves into the waters of Christ's death and being cleansed of our sin and then rising from those waters, cleansed as the new you. However, we Christians suffer because we fail to throw away <clears throat> our old uniform, so to speak. After we have removed it, 
It's as though we take them off and hang them in the closet, just in case we might want to pull them out in order to remember the good old times. This will not work. We cannot keep the old being partially alive. Christ, the new uniform, the new being, will not be hung in the closet. It is never fitting for a Christian to be out of uniform, so to speak. Romans 6 says that the old self is dead and buried in the waters of baptism. We need to leave him there. The struggle is that he appears to know how to swim and clings to us at times. In order to live our baptism, we need to learn how to die to self so that Jesus might arise within us. There cannot be rebirth without there first being death. Rebirth without dying is nonsense. Just as thinking I have somehow become a new Christian without first clinging to the crucified Christ. Death. The dying to self is necessary for Christian living. The good news of the story is that in putting on the new self, we participate in Christ's resurrection. Life is recreated in line with God's original intent. New life, new creation, new self is the taking on the character of God and his righteousness. As believers in Jesus Christ, we must not live like the Americans with their futile thinking. We must get our minds in order and make honest assessments of our lives. We must be a learner at the school of Jesus, continually renewing our minds. We must die continually to self and its desires so that the new self might rise to newness of life and then we must put on Christ Jesus along with his truth and his love. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God of the heavens, we come humbly before you seeking your righteousness. Lord, help us to see those areas of our thinking which are futile and in need of renewal. Help us to see our lives clearly so that we might deal with the sin that is present. Help us to come to the feet of your Son, Jesus, so that we might be his disciples and do all that he has commanded. Jesus, cleanse us of our self-centered deceit <clears throat> and help us put that old self to death so that in you we might arise to newness of life. Jesus, fill us with your truth and your love so that we might reflect you to this lost and hurting world. Holy Spirit, fill us fresh every day so that we might walk worthy of the name by which men are called to be saved, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless. And have a great week.